We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. Sam Fandiari here. I have a special guest this week, Damon Rangula. Damon, how do I even explain where you're from? Like, the goons know who you are. The the loyal listeners, uh, the fanatical ones who are in your mentions every day saying stuff better know who you are. But to the broader public, how do I even introduce you onto this? Uh, I am a deranged Lakers fan who uh, has generated a, 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 a one or two friends in the Warriors uh, Warriors <laughs> sphere. So I, I find myself somehow dabbling in both both areas. I, I'm not I'm not as deep into it as uh, Aaron Larsoul, but like I'm yeah. doing a crappy imitation of him. <laughs> well, Larsoul's from the Bay. He has a he has he has his reasons, but. Um, you are easily one of the seven Laker fans, Warrior fans are okay with. It's like you, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, because we all like <laughs> departed. Um, do you know what? You know what? Claim Denzel, or is he kind of like a New York? I don't know. De- Denzel's Denzel's ours, man. Denzel's come on, come on. Of course, Denzel's ours. Yeah, no, um, no one, but no one it, likes funny. Jack up here. You know, t- too old. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, as a, we'll take we'll take credit for Denzel at least. Uh, no, it's funny though. Like just because of that though, anytime there's Lakers news or anytime there's like a new Russ story. I just get tagged from all you warriors goons like, hey, how do you feel about this? Hey, how do you feel about this? The answer is I'm miserable. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to get you on this week, especially because I feel like you and I kind of talk about this uh, in private and like group chats. And it's like uniquely a conversation for you and me. Joe Lacob in the news this week um, got himself a nice half million dollar fine from adam silver do you know what you have to do to get a half million dollar fine from adam silver like the the guy doesn't find anyone for anything you know like in general you 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 could like like when players over the last couple years like they straight up punch some a player and they'll get like one game like adam silver does not does not do this for for a lot of cases no but you attack the cba and he's coming out with like the the full force (laughs) of david stern coming out of him at all at all times um so i'm gonna I, I, play- I am actually it's a perfect it's a perfect uh note 
Why do you think that it it rankled him so much? Oh, five hundred thousand is personal. Five hundred. I'm trying to think of the last time there was a five hundred thousand dollar fine. So yes, you're right. It's like it's usually the fines fifty something small, maybe a hundred if you're a repeat offender. Um, right. I think it's very much tied to CBA negotiations, which we'll tie this all together when we get to it. But it's like it's hitting at um, a topic that, you know, Windhorse mentioned during the finals, the checkbook wins and just friend of the show, Brian Windhorst, friend of the show. But it's it's (laughs) it's tying to this larger NBA theme, which I think will affect the Warriors and a bunch of teams, whether they want it to or not. And so I want to start with this. I'm going to play this quote. It's from Andre Goodall and Evan Turner's Point Forward podcast. They had Joe Lacob on. If you haven't listened to it, I urge you to listen to the full episode, not trying to steal their show, but I'm going to play like a one-minute clip of Joe Lacob talking about how the luxury tax is very unfair. Very, very unfair. Obviously, the league wants everyone to have a chance. And Right now, there's a certain element out there that believe, well, we, quote, checkbook win. You know, we won the title because we have the most salaries on our team. Right. The truth, where the truth is we're only about $40 million more than, you know, than the, the luxury tax. Now, that's not small, but it's not a massive number. We're yeah. $200 million over in total, though, because the, all most of that is this incredibly penal luxury tax. And what I consider to be very unfair, and I'm going to say it on this podcast, and I hope it gets back to whoever's listening, <laughs> um, I think it's, a, I mean, it's, and obviously it's self-serving for me to say this, mm-hmm. but I think it's a very unfair system because our team is built by all eight, top eight players are all drafted by this team. Yeah. All bird we, rights. Right. Yeah. Right. And we have three yeah. other guys that were undrafted and we found and developed in Santa Cruz. Yep. Okay. We have not one free agent that isn't a minimum. Right. Not one. All minimums, the guys we brought in this year. Yeah. So the only guy that you could... Yeah. You know, make a case for us being spending, outspending the competition, not being fair, is that we turned the Durant leaving into one guy that turned into Wiggins, yep. and 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 that worked out great. But you know, they don't criticize us for doing it. Said we was overpaid. You did a bad deal. So there you go. I mean, you got can't have both. Can't have it both ways. Yeah, you know, just light the cigar. <laughs> it's like it's penal because we we are self developed, self homegrown team. We really are. Other than the Durant acquisition in my twelve years, that's the only time we. And Andre, we went and got Andre too. But that was that for Asian or trade, really? That was a sign yeah. and trade. So it was still my bird rights were still, yeah, yeah, it was sign and trade. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And plus, so, that was a startup so, too. Like you guys were yeah. getting the culture Look, right. I understand yeah. when they got mad at us for the Durant thing, but yeah. anyone else could have done it too if you wanted to go there, <laughs> is the truth. Yeah. And this one, I don't know how they could be mad. They're homegrown. <laughs> and I think the luxury tax, you should be paying a high luxury tax if you're using it to go. With you know, and get free agents and outspend your competition. Right. But if you're developing your own guys and paying Steph Curry what he deserves, right, and Clay Thompson what he's earned, why am I paying two hundred million dollars in luxury tax? I don't think that's fair. That's true. Yeah, and that's the quote that got him a five hundred k fine. And I think it's interesting because it like ties a bazillion things together. But at the crux of it. He's just a, he's just a damn good politician. Let's be real. It's like so I'm listening good. to I'm listening so to good. this and I'm like, he's right. The tax progressive taxation is unfair. We should all pay a flat fee. No, um, he's just going off you about. Know, you know, he, he he the the best part of it is he did that like Gavin Newsom false humility of like, 
you know, and I get that this sounds self-serving, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, we know what you're doing here. Yeah. So can we call it out? Like, obviously the Warriors are a year away from, first off, they already have somewhere between 150 and 200 million in tax debt. Um, you have Steph Curry on the largest contract in the NBA, deserved. Clay Thompson on a max contract. Mm. Um, Draymond Green on a fairly large contract making somewhere between 25 and 30 a year. Andrew Wiggins on his rookie max over 30. All those guys are up for extension in the next couple of years. And then Jordan Poole pops out of nowhere. You see what Jalen Brunson gets and Anthony Simon get. Like, if I'm Jordan Poole's agent, I'm saying Jalen Brunson and then add on top of it because he's better than Jalen. At, at minimum, he set the market. There's no way on earth Jordan Poole signing a contract for under, you know, 20, 27 million a year. I think that's what Brunson got. It's in that range. So all of this is point. So now we're adding another max player to an already huge payroll, which with their repeater tax would take the Warriors to somewhere in the realm of 350 million in tax penalties and total payroll somewhere around five to 600 million. They're already in unprecedented territory. We're talking about adding another 200 million on top of it. So I understand why he's going at this angle because I'm never going to complain about the amount they spend, but this is the system at work, right? Like the, the system is meant to make them make a tough decision, right? That's exactly right. And I think that for an unprecedented team, there will be unprecedented circumstances, which is what the Warriors have found themselves in. This is now what year seven of them, basically with a with a, a, a like couple of seasons in year between, eight. yeah, of of, of 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 being just like this unprecedented juggernaut. Um, yeah, you know, guess what, Jay, Joe? It is a little unfair that. Um, there is really no actual discernible benefit that I think that the Warriors feel right now, given that the players that they're that are maxed out were drafted by them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, maybe maybe there can be something that is is instituted to make that perhaps less painful. But at the end of the day, I actually feel better about the system, given how the Warriors are running into pretty logical constraints. It feels like, like this is, this does not feel unfair in any way, just as the same way. And we should point this out. Those crybaby owners that were leaking to Windhorse during the finals about how, you know, that the Warriors had this checkbook win. It's like, yeah, dude, he's spending. He deserves, he deserves the success that comes with spending. And if you can't keep up, sell your team, sell percentage of your team, do whatever you need to do, but he's setting the competitive standard. And, and so it's it's all kind of the same thing where I, I wonder if Joe is politicking like you mentioned. I'm sure he is. Where he knows in his upcoming CBA, there's owners looking at the Warriors saying, okay, how do we stop this from happening? And maybe he's trying to get ahead of it and saying, hey, you you think we're unfair. Actually, the system is unfair to us. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think it's like, it's just audacious because it's like, I couldn't think of another owner actually just asking that question like being out there so like most most owners who are like you know winning they try to keep the low profile they try to like hide that sort of stuff he's like yeah it's unfair it's it's it, what's the worst that's going to happen they don't change the cba like he's still at the same exact point he was beforehand there's no loss here but i think his end game is seeing if there are enough larger market owners to back him 
to see if he can get something done with the CBA. I personally don't think it'll happen. I think there's far more owners on the other side of the spectrum, but at minimum, let's throw it out there. You know, like the Lakers have maybe ducked some spending, but they are objectively a larger market and they're on the tax. The Knicks are like, there's maybe there's enough teams that they can stop CBA negotiations from being more punitive towards them. Cause I feel like on some level it's like defensive. He's like, they're going to just make this worse for me. They're going to try to make this worse for me. And that's where I, that's where I see like um, one amazing play to your fan base and just kind of getting them on your back because so you're, good. you're setting up, you're setting the expectation that like we can't keep this many players together forever, which like, I think we all knew, but like end of the day, when one of them leaves, the fan base can be sad. Right. Um, yeah. The The second one though, is like, it is a negotiation tactic. Let's see if you can, let's see what you can do to make the rules more beneficial to you. Yeah, I think, and and it seems like the most natural ally for uh, Lakeup would be Steve Ballmer with Clippers. He's he's running up similar tax bills without any championships to show for it, which is, <laughs> listen, much, next, much next to the year. delight They're going of going healthy defense. next year, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> But but it's interesting, right? And and by the way, this is also it's a good point about the fan base because um, the conversation shifted away from Gary Payton the uh, second to to this pretty quickly. So good, that was good for him. By the way, can I just say as a side for that, how are you feeling about that now? A little bit removed from the decision to let him walk. Um, eh, I'm okay. I was I was in the minority that I was a little more bummed about Otto, um, just because. This, this is such a hipster take, but like finding a big Sip in the hazy IPA on a Sunday evening, just dropping this take. I love it. I mean, I, I got to be on brand, but it's like, mm-hmm. I just felt like finally having a stretch big who can defend and play the system was so big for them because like, let's be real. Draymond's not a shooting threat. Looney's not a shooting threat. Uh, whenever, Wiseman plays and he works through it. Like his value is still going to be more about attacking the basket. They've, they've never had a front court shooting threat. So like maybe I'm overrating Otto's value, but that was the one that was a little more bummed about because it was just like, how often do you watch the Warriors? And you're like, it's Steph being trapped at half court because they're not worried about anyone other than Clay Thompson shooting the ball. Um, But with that said, like, yeah, I was, I was bummed because GP two is the easiest player to root for. Like, G League lost local ties, not only finds a role, but finds a really important role for the team. Um, you never like to see those guys go. Yeah, no, and I I think the one thing, though, I really like about it in, in just thinking about it, whether or not this was intentional, I think that putting real expectations now on Kaminga, Wiseman, um, Uh, Moody, like, I think this is where when you let somebody like him go, you are telling them either implicitly or explicitly, like, hey, guys, let's go. It's go time. It's a go time. It's a message to the coaches. It's a message to the players. It's a message to everybody like, hey, that was awesome. We had a great run last year. And now it's your turn to have a real role. And and that was always going to be the way it went, in my opinion, because it's like you don't draft three guys in the lottery to not play. And it's the it's the tricky thing of trying to win while developing because like you don't have the space to let them fail because you're close to a title and in the worst case they want a title right like 
no one would feel good about watching Kuminga shoot eight air balls in a Western Conference Finals they lost, but for the greater good, he learned. Like, no, you'd just be mad that the ball wasn't in Steph's hands because he was playing some of the best basketball of his career, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, how do you thread that needle? Maybe it makes more sense. Maybe it doesn't. I want to go back to the lake of topic because I think there's yeah. a secondary thing here, which I think is a little underrated. You have Draymond out here pitching Lacob's line about how they couldn't bring back GP2 because of the repeater and his nine millions really like 63 million because of seven time tax and whatever. Um, but what I'm really hearing is I feel like the Warriors are officially like aligned with the players union here because who wants the repeater gone more than anyone? The players union. Yeah. And who specifically wants it gone? Player like Draymond Green, who may or may not be the one who squeezed when everyone's up for extensions. And he's squeezed because of the tax. He's not squeezed because the Warriors don't have the means to, to carry 350 million towards player taxes or sorry, player wages. He's squeezed by the fact that they have 180 they can pay towards player wages because another 180 is going towards taxes. Um, yeah. I, I love that you brought up Draymond because I do think that he is, at least on my from my vantage point, out of the core guys from this title team, uh, and I'll include Wiggins in that, I'm actually most interested to see how Draymond does this season because uh, and how his uh, you know new media venture continues to go because you're right. I, I do think that Draymond is going to be the ultimate stress test of what the Warriors can do, how the CBA handles this kind of team, this kind of payroll. Draymond Green is going to be the litmus test because looking from the outside, of course, Draymond is like integral to the culture, to everything that the Warriors have built. But it's like if this is a player that the Warriors want to reward, that want to reward them in an outsized way from his impact on the court, because we can pull up any number of stats and we can kind of put together a, 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 a like a, we can output, hey, Draymond's on-court value is 12.5 million or 13 million. Sure. But obviously he's probably not going to, he's, he's we, the Warriors want to, you know, reward him for everything else he brings to the table. Will they be able to do that with the way the system is currently set up and with their constraints will be a fascinating thing to see. I think the more interesting thing for him is also like, it's not just what he's worth to Warriors. It's what the open market is willing to pay him. That's right. And he's like, like Clay's off of two awful injuries. And I thought he generally had a very positive recovery from it. Like ups and downs and playoffs aside, there's still going to be a bunch of teams who are willing to pay a six, seven guy who's one of the four best shooters of all time. Draymond Green it's kind of a peculiar fit for a lot of teams. And I feel like all the teams that want him are already in the tax. So they're going to be, they're all going to be like, Hey, we'll give you the, we'll give you the tax pyramid level, you know, like, so all, all <laughs> sorts of things that don't like financially reward him the way the warriors can. So it's like, it ends up in this, it's, it's precarious all of a sudden in the year because, you know, Andrew Wiggins did prove the world wrong. He did show how good he can be in the playoffs. He was their second best player in the finals. There's no way around it. Like I, he exceeded every expectation I had Jordan pool. I, I by the way, can I just step in here and say, uh, I, I will not stand for the Kevin Looney erasure. <laughs> Looney's my guy. Looney was amazing. <laughs> Looney, 
Looney is just the easiest guy in the NBA to root for, in my opinion. I love it. Because no one's no one's out here going like, uh, you know, rather have Looney than Giannis. You know, like there's a very clear <laughs> yeah, understanding right. of who he is. Um, but uh, yeah, that's he, a great point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's because like, those are the easiest guys. Like no one's no one's like, well, yeah, pick pick one or was it? Uh, start one, bench one, cut one. Like no one's going like AD Giannis Looney. You know, like we all know who Looney is. He's just like one of the best gl- <laughs> like glue role player guys you can. Hey find man, depending here. on how this season goes for me, I might want to cut AD. So let's not jump <laughs> too far ahead there. Oh, a- anyway, I don't know. I think this is all interesting. I think this all ultimately like. We be honest about it. Lacob's trying to sell, uh, but doesn't yep. it on some level make you like him a little more? I think it is so. I it's a combination of like audacious, arrogant, um, completely unaware of just how something like that would come across, and the fact that it's happening on a podcast of a player that he employs, or I guess he's not under contract anymore. Um, is just so peak Silicon Valley. I love it so much. Like them, the Warriors conducting and winning a championship via like podcast is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's so fun. I mean, they were by down, the way, they were down two one to the Celtics, and like four other players were potting on spaces right afterwards. Like, they were, yeah, <laughs> Ig- Iggy got on spaces right after that game, and it was like a disastrous game. I was laughing my ass off, but. But it is, and then he was saying, is, "We figured him out. It's over." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so it's crazy, just, and it's just like you know, you call your shot like that. It's it's a, you know, if Boston ended up beating him, <laughs> he wouldn't live that one down. But the opposite happened, you know. Oh, there'd be so much great audio clips uh, if, if if that did happen. Uh, no, I I the 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 next CBA. There's a lot of interesting things going on. There is the Warrior situation, and I would actually include the Clippers there because the Clippers are running similar salary numbers. It's just like people don't even consider Bomber's budget because it's like he's so much richer than anybody else. Like people are kind of ignoring that situation. Also, nobody yet is threatened by the Clippers. If the Clippers win a title this year, I think people are going to talk about right, both right. the Clippers and Warriors more in the same bucket, right? They're going to have the same complaints, the same everything. No one would complain. Oh, they absorb- I mean, this is the one thing I think Lacob is really right about. Everyone was making fun of him for the Wiggins trade and saying it was oh, yeah. bad business until it worked. And then it was like, What's some fair checkbook wins, you know? So exactly. He's, exactly. It, it is kind of like that clip. Like no one mentions the Clippers now because they're injured. But the minute they win, it's going to be like, well, yeah, they, they have the financial resources to pay Kawhi to not play for four years, you know? Yeah. If listen, if they're healthy this year, there are going to be stretches this season where we will start that discussion of like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this, another team that just bought their way to the top. And so there's that aspect. Then there's the aspect of all these trade demands with the players on the player side, right? And this Kevin Durant situation is gonna be very interesting. Come on. Um, Kevin. in terms of I mean, I, I don't I, I I don't think that he gets moved, right? There's no like logical trade. By the way. Just Kevin Durant has been getting bad advice for a long time. This trade demand was pretty weak. Like just in terms of if you don't have a trade ready to go that makes sense for everybody and you publicly come out like the way you did and nothing kind of happened. Um, not a great look. Not a great look for team uh, 35 ventures there. Um, and and so so there we have the trade demand situation where there's multiple people angling for trade demands. Um it's interesting where these pressure points are. At the same time, financially speaking, the league remains in great shape. 
you know, our our friend uh, Ethan Strauss can bitch about the ratings as much as he wants. The next TV deal will still be fairly lucrative and they will keep kind of churning out money. And at what point do these issues become such breaking points that they do consider, hey, you know, we're we're going to stop this. We really have to figure this out. Or is this a bunch of politicking and a bunch of bitching and moaning about stuff that ultimately they'll budge maybe 1% here and there and we're going to keep, you know, keep going the same way we're going? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And it, it seems it seems like the players probably are the ones who want to keep the, the train going because the contracts yeah. keep going up. And it seems like certain owners, you know, the Joe Lacobs, the Steve Ballmers, um, some of the better run teams are also like, what are we complaining about? Everyone's winning right now, you know? Yeah. So, so I'm not, I'm not sure it feels like the small market owners haven't been as loud as they have in the last ones. Like I, I remember the 2011 lockout. We all knew that was coming very aggressively and I don't yep. feel that same vibe right now. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because there, there does seem to be from the outside plenty of turmoil, but you're right. I do wonder what I, I'm curious your thoughts on this. The young, the, the small market teams, it feels like, like OKC is a perfect example of this. It feels like they've spent the last couple of years accumulating so many draft assets that they feel like they have a clear path forward. I think Memphis has been an sort of inspiring story in this regard. Um, yeah. And I do wonder if there is sort of a dual system happening where the small market teams, and you know baseball better than me, maybe baseball is a little bit like this, where there's parallel tracks that these teams run on, where the smaller market teams just go heavy on the draft, heavy on development, accumulate, 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 and then strike when the market is hot. And the big market teams kind of go with the big spending route. And maybe there's these two paths going and owners seem relatively happy with that. It's possible. Well, so the difference with baseball, I don't even know if this is a difference, but the thing with baseball um, from the CBA angle is the large market teams are wildly aligned with most of the small market teams on it because they're all making money. So they don't break, they don't break the line. So the Dodgers, for example, large market team spend more money than everyone, but also have a nice development pipeline and are very invested in keeping the system the way it is. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays run what a third of the payroll, maybe a fourth significantly less, but they also are investing, keeping the system the same because they've figured out a way to work within it. And so you lead to this thing where, the big thing they want to do is preserve the system the way it is because they know how to work it and they don't want to make concessions to the union um, who's fighting for like players being able to um, basically like hit arbitration earlier, hit free agency earlier, make more money. I don't know if that's the same case in the NBA. I, I'm not sure I get that vibe in general. The owners thought the luxury tax was going to stop teams from overspending yeah. but then you got the warriors doing their thing you mentioned the clippers the clipper you're right the only difference between the two is the warriors actually won so yeah. you know the clipper if, if if the clippers won a title people would be like well yeah of course balmer has 180 bazillion dollars and he can run all this debt and it well it's not even debt because he just paid out of pocket but like he can do yeah. all that and um and i can't do that as the owner of x small market team or i have to like be uh you know I have to consider normal business constraints. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes, but 
I do. I mean, the TV deal is really big and the TV yeah. deal is like actual cash. It's yep. not like, it's not like theoretical value. It's like cash. So yep. do they want it changed? We'll see. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I have a I have a question for you though. I want to tie this back to Lakeup because I think you might find it interesting here. I he's so just like audacious is probably the best way to put it. And in the Bay Area, we've often compared him to Eddie DeBartolo, the uh, famous 49ers <laughs> owner. Like you know, when the Niners won a bunch of titles and obviously lost his team and all that sort of stuff. But does he not at least remind you on some level as like the 2020s? Silicon Valley version of, of Dr. Jerry Buss, where it just kind of like takes, takes his team and makes it actually like relevant and a brand name in his own way. Yes. And it's a great comp. Uh, in fact, in that podcast that you referenced, he straight up flagged that as, as a goal of his, because Jerry Buss as an owner, I think uh, I forgot the time period that he was mentioning, but he was mentioning that Dr. Jerry Buss made 50% of the finals. And that's the track that Lakeup has been on since he's been owner. Um, and yeah, I think it's a great parallel. He's also in the kind of camp of he's brash. He's very out there. He's very, he, you know, he's courtside. He, he wants to be seen as the owner of the warriors. He is, 
uh, innovative, right? Like as annoying as the light years quote was, there are <laughs> aspects of the Warriors that are in fact light years ahead. This specific title is one of the more unique titles in NBA history. That is not an exaggeration for a team to kind of have the established superstars of lore and combined with a young pipeline of players is not an NBA kind of story. You either no, it's go more, all more in of an NFL or, thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so from that perspective, Dr. Jerry Buss was very innovative in the state kind of, he pushed the entertainment side of basketball. He, he found innovative ways to monetize. That's another thing that, uh, that uh, Lakeup has done. And yeah, they're the number one, most successful franchise in the NBA at the moment. There's nobody really close. Um, historically speaking, they have some catching up to do, but they're on their way, man. And, 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 and it's, it's, it pisses me off, but, as as and I've I've tweeted this plenty of times too before. I do not get anybody complaining about Lakeup if you're a fan of another team because you should be you should look at that and say, hey, owner of my team, you should be inspired by this. You should be stepping up your game. Um, and if you can't do it, well, it's time to get out because the the market has been set. The com- the competitive standard has been set. Either meet it or go out. That's my response to Lakers ownership. Like, hey, okay, I get it. You don't have their budget. I I I I can't. I cannot concoct concoct an idea that's going to make you you know three times your net worth overnight. I totally get it. But then, what else are you doing to step up? Are you are you investing in your front office in other ways that, you know, can get you better bang for your buck? Are you doing a better job of developing? Are you hiring the best people that you can possibly hire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're not doing that and you're bitching about Lakeup, well, your energy isn't going in the wrong spot. And me as a fan, I want to see everybody's standards raised instead of trying to drag down people who are doing it like at Lakeup's level. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's where, that's where I came out on it. It's like, we, we can laugh at some of the stuff like, you know, I, I know exactly what he's doing with the luxury tax stuff. And, you know, some of the quotes over the years are, are hilarious. But end of the day, when you put it all on the table, they spend more than anyone. They're generally ahead of everyone with trends. It, the success speaks for itself. You know, Steph is obviously the best player. None of it happens without him. But like, guess what? If I want to use the Dr. Jerry Buss analogy, I don't think he'd be many places Magic Johnson didn't exist. Like it, 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 it that's kind of how it goes. You kind of have to figure out, find that player and figure out a way to make them happy and roll with it as it goes forward. So I, I'm Look, with you there. At the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, there's a lot of uh, silly quotes from new owners like, you know, the, the your your neighbor Vivek. Uh, Steve Ballmer <laughs> has said some pretty crazy stuff, right? Um, I'm sure our, our pal Alex Rodriguez in Minnesota is going to say some wild stuff over the next few months. Um, Lakeup has the rings. And so you just point to the banners. You say, hey, man, uh, this is what I do. And it is what it is. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you this. You mentioned Minnesota, who weirdly is now like the team. Them and Atlanta are the two teams I'm like most intrigued by because I'm not, I don't really buy that it's going to work, but I want to see it. You know what I mean? Like in Atlanta, this whole like Trey is going to play like Steph off ball and DeJounte is going to run point. Like I need to see it to believe it. And then in, in you know, Minnesota, it's like, we're doing the twin towers thing and, and Rudy's here and it's going to be like, you know, uh, this whole twin towers thing. I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, with that said, who are you most intrigued to see challenge the Warriors next year? Like who do you think is actually their biggest competition? I am absolutely. I I've, I hate myself for letting this happen to me, but I am sort of weirdly all in on Minnesota. For some reason, okay. and 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 it's it's like once you remove the shock of the actual trade and the assets that were exchanged, when you actually look at what they do, what does Carl Anthony Towns hate doing? He doesn't want to go in the post. He you know he doesn't want to you know be aggressive. Not, not a defense. physical defender. No, not, not a physical defender. Well, guess what, man, Carl Anthony Towns. You know that speaking of audacious quotes, that quote he had about I'm going to be the I'm the best shooting big man of all time. The numbers are pretty convincing to say at least he's in the conversation. And I think that this formalizes roles on a team. The only problem I see with them is, uh, you know, uh, your, your, your Steve Warrior best legend, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. 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 I think everybody else, everybody else around that team, I think with Rudy there slots in, they know their role. They know where they get fit. It's very clear cut. They're going to have a defined style of play. I think ultimately what might, what the test for them will be is we, we have this understanding or we have this belief collectively as a basketball fan base uh, and as analysts do as well, that when push comes to shove in the biggest games, you go small. Right. That has been the formula started with the death lineup, basically. And everybody, when push comes to shove, when it comes to the finals, you know, you sit loony. Draymond is a center like we you know, it's it's crunch time. I am curious how disciplined they will be. And this will be my recommendation to them in the regular season. Doesn't matter how tight games get. Doesn't matter what the momentum is doing or saying. Stay big commit to being big and see how far that actually gets you because of the level of investment they've made. I think that's the only way for them. And if it works, then you can actually be the first team in a while to flip the script so much that you will force other teams to actually consider going big where maybe the Warriors in that series, if Minnesota actually commits to it, would be like, okay, we do have to play Looney at center for, you know, 35 minutes instead of the 20 minutes that we would normally have done. And I think that is going to be the most interesting wrinkle. I'm rooting for it from at some level, even though I don't particularly have a fondness for either D'Angelo Russell or Carlton Downs um, or, well, or Rudy Gobert. Like, But <laughs> as a unit, 
I am looking forward to see if that they can really, really push the envelope and kind of have even more playstyle diversity around the NBA. I'm with you there. It's like, um, I have my questions. I wonder how that works when someone actually tries to run at them, but it's like someone's doing something different. Like I, the last thing I want to see is like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get a guard and a bunch of shooters and just run high <laughs> pick and roll on repeat. Let's do it. You know, it's like, I have enough of that in the NBA. So I'm, by the way, I'm when ex- you, when you were talking about Trey young and, and, you know, saying you'll wait and see about him playing off ball like Steph. Um, I, just got severe PTSD listening to Darvin Ham talk press conference after press conference about how Russell Westbrook is going to be a different player. Uh, again, I will, I will wait and see. Well, hopefully I don't have to wait and see. And, you know, <laughs> well, Trey, Trey's young and it's, it's complete. Like it's, it's in the realm. I don't know if I buy it, but I'm, con- I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I wasn't it's the best thing for his career. It is. And also, it's just like, aren't those the things you want to see? It's like you and I both like football. It's like when it, when a team kind of hits a wall and they, they're like, we're going to try a different scheme this year. Just do something to mix it up. Do something to make me invested because like you running back the same 42 win team, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm passing through it on League Pass. I'll, I'll go find something else to watch, you know. Yeah. So, Dominic, I appreciate you stopping by. This was fun, man.